<laughs> Welcome to the book report. Welcome. I wish everyone could see <laughs> what we were doing. We were some little jazzercise moves to open it up, I guess. But everyone, welcome. Episode 10. How's it going? How are you, Rach? I'm great. How are you, Allie? I'm great. I just got back from vacation, so I'm feeling fresh. Fainsies. Yeah. Well, it's uh, vacation, a family wedding. I don't know that I'd count that as vacation. I feel like I went on true vacation. You did. But but we're we're refreshed. We're renewed. Family weddings. Trips to D.C. to see bands you love and all that jazz. So, yeah. Good times. And I feel like the podcast gods have smiled on us today. Oh. Because. Oh, we, yeah. A couple snafus, but one being Allie picked a book. It was that not right. wasn't right for this podcast. It wasn't at all. Uh, it was, yeah. I, I, like, I actually, I only finished half of it. Mm-hmm. I was reading it while you texted me. We were driving, my family and I were driving back home from our family wedding <laughs> and I didn't hate the book yeah I like it I reread it I thought it would have been fine but I'm really glad we changed it to the book we're doing so if you read the sex lives of cannibals by uh, Martine Troost I apologize we're not doing that book surprise we are not <laughs> we made a switcheroo on the way <laughs> I was in the car with my family and I don't know what you were doing laundry yeah, so we had been gone for a week to Washington, D.C. with my whole family. I was in the middle of doing laundry and getting stuff ready and just thought I, – I thought it yesterday and was too almost – not embarrassed. That's not the word. Just wanted to power through. We'll get it. We'll get it. There's no one to cat. I, I don't know. There, oh, it, it, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. It just wasn't right. And I texted you and said something about it not being right. And then you – it was fun. You're like, yeah, let's just do something else. Surely we've read something the same. And – we pivoted so fast. We found something we'd both read that is great, a great option. Um, That's my drum roll. We're doing Devil in the White City. Hey-o. <laughs> uh, by yeah. Eric Larson. By Eric Larson. We so it both- is another male author. We don't have that many. It's true. It's and true. this, the book that we were going to do today was one of the ones that was written by mm-hmm. a, a man. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to do was a book that I had read. The reason I chose Sex Lives of Cannibals is it, it's a book. It's not like a book talk book. I'd read it a long time ago. Totally different. I thought it'd be fun to revisit something I read a long time ago. I actually, though, just finished Devil in the White City, but it came out in 2003, mm-hmm. which I didn't really, I didn't realize. I feel, I thought it came out a few years ago. Yeah, kind of an old. It never had a chance at book talk. It never had a chance. Although I will go ahead and say I feel like it might get another resurgence. So I think this book it came out in two thousand three. I think it had kind of a resurgence several years ago because there was talk about a movie or a TV show. But guess what's finally happening? Tell us a TV show. Hulu has picked it up. There's some um, actual casting that's already been done that I will. Rach doesn't know about, so I'll get to reveal it to her uh, later on in the podcast. So yeah, I do think the podcast gods smiled on us. We pivoted. We pivoted on cocktails. We're good to go. Mm -hmm. And if you do watch our our cocktail video that we put out every week, yes. Do not, do not miss the disaster that is our podcast. We are not. Cocktail videos. We are elder millennials uh-huh. doing TikToks. It's, it makes me cringe. When they pop up on my personal TikTok, I flip past it so fast. I can't watch it. <laughs> when 
friends of mine from my personal life have found our podcast and our podcast TikTok. It makes me want to die. And I'm trying to stay true to who I am. Yeah. We're doing and it not now. let it bother me. But sorry to yeah. all of those that know me personally. This is this is who I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so our cocktail today, it's a little different. We pivoted last minute. Mm-hmm. And then we actually, we had an idea for a cocktail. We drove to our local liquor store. And it was closed because it's Sunday in, in Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> and so we had to pivot yet again, very last minute. So we did kind of a summer shandy bar. And it all started because this book is about both a serial killer, H.H. H. Holmes, and the World's Fair in Chicago. And fun fact about the Chicago World's Fair, that is where Pabst became Pabst Blue Ribbon because it won a blue ribbon. At it the was World's selected Fair. as America's Best America's in best 1893 beer. at the World's Fair in Chicago. So we're doing some PBR, you know, mm-hmm. beer cocktails. We had a little shandy bar out. I'm drinking one. And usually I feel like a, sh- a shandy is typically some fruit juice and beer. Yeah. We added gin to ours because we had to make it more of a cocktail. Yeah. So we've got a little bit of gin in these. Mine is lemon juice and muddled peaches with some simple syrup and gin. I feel like it's like a twist, like a Tennessee twist or a, not Tennessee, Midwest twist on a French 75. Yeah, there you go. It feels very much like that. Rachel's drinking a gin, a little bit of simple syrup and grapefruit juice with her Mm -hmm. PBR cocktail. So yeah, get yourself a a little shandy bar and (laughs) buckle in because we got a lot to talk about on this one. So like Ali said, we picked this book about four hours ago mm-hmm. and I did not have time to refresh my memory on the book that I'd read three years ago and so I was reading through her incredible summary thank you thank you and I cannot wait I, so I didn't talk to anyone about this book because no one had read it when I read it except mm-hmm. for my dad my I talked about it with my dad and my brother my brother's an architect oh. so I was constantly like do you know who this guy is do you know who this guy is like he had to be in your textbooks you had to have studied in college and he had but he didn't want to talk to me mm. about it um Amir uneducated mortal about <laughs> <laughs> architecture and true crime but yeah. my dad did indulge me. So. so my husband actually read this before me recently. So I've been listening to it on audiobook the past while we've been working on the the house that we're remodeling. And so yeah, let me jump into the summary. Tell you I'll refresh your memory so that we can get into some of the details. This is it's such it's so different than any of the others we've done. Totally. But we yeah. haven't one other thing Rach and I love, like every other white girl in her thirties in America is true crime stuff. And so this kind of brings brings in that aspect of our uh, brings in another hobby of ours. So this book is detailing the late 1800s in Chicago. It's going back and forth between Chicago's world world's Chicago World's Fair. Wasn't sure how to where to put the apostrophe <laughs> in that. In 1893 and also the story of America's really first serial killer is what he's known as. Uh, who was murdering people at the same time in the city. So it's following Daniel Burnham, the architect responsible for the fair's construction, and H.H. Holmes, who created the World's Fair Hotel, which was this terrifying, winding building near the fairgrounds that also had a crematorium and gas chamber because he's a creepy serial killer guy. Sure did. 
So the book has start. It starts in 1890. This is when Chicago wins the bid for the fair. So we're going to start with the World's Fair. Chat about that a little bit. I don't know how much people know about World's Fairs. I I feel like I know a little bit more because of this book, but also there was a World's Fair in Nashville. Yeah. Which is why we have a Parthenon in Nashville. It's the weirdest thing that's here. Yeah. And anytime I bring – it's really cool. It's so it's You bring so everyone. And it's in a beautiful park, and it's in a pretty part of town that – I mean, Vanderbilt's right next door to it. When we and- say we have a Parthenon, we have a life-size replica of mm-hmm. the Greek Parthenon. Yes. It's gorgeous. It's crazy. Yeah. In, in the middle of Nashville. In the middle of Nashville, which is not is known for other things. Definitely. There's a giant statue of Athena inside. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's wild. And I don't know if you've been in the museum that's inside, but there's, I think no. it's only like $8 a person. It's very inexpensive. And there's a big museum detailing the World's Fair and why it was built. So I've been to that as well. Super interesting. And World's Fairs are wild or used to be absolutely insane i was bummed and also bummed that we weren't still having them and dumbfounded that they existed at any point in time yes yes i was how in constant conflict were people okay with spending their tax dollars on something like this it is so paris had the world's fair right before we chicago had theirs Mm -hmm. and at that world's fair it's when the eiffel tower was revealed these things were yeah huge things famous still exist yes this still exists so that eiffel tower was revealed and burnham thought he had to beat that feat and prove america was better this is just american exceptionalism and capitalism on full display that's what this world's Mm -hmm. fair in chicago is so anything this is the one of the things that blows my mind just about the Gilded Day or like this era in America, I maybe mean, all the time in America, anything anyone dreams up in this book, they think is possible. These men are just like, yes, we can build that. Has anyone ever built that thing before? No. Do I know how I'm going to build it? No. Do I think I have enough time? No. We're going to do it anyway. And every idea that they have feels absolutely insane. Even when it's they're building something that we have now, you're thinking there's there's no way, sir. There's no way. And I tried actually tried to find out how many people died trying to pull this thing off because it's talked about frequently, people getting diseases. They had mm-hmm. so many workers working around the clock. They would put up lights at night to keep people working 24-7. It's awful. And I couldn't find a good number, which is also sad. I feel like that's something that yeah. should be recognized. But after, so they're building this World's Fair. You ha- you're following these architects, these men who are just sitting around drinking whiskey and smoking cigars and coming up with crazy ideas that somehow happen. After a they lot, they also of- seemed very stressed oh. as these ideas were yes. like. I feel like the the architect and the builder were 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 they at odds with with one another? So there's the two primary architects in the beginning. One of them actually dies. So the main guy Burnham, his partner, hang on, I'll yes. tell you, John Root. Okay, he dies before construction even starts. That's right. And then there's also a landscape architect that you're following named Frederick Law Olmsted. You followed yes. him a little bit yeah. too. He was um, really really. He was a big part of the story. Yes, he is. And it's almost like no one thinks the landscape architecture is important. And he's distraught that no one thinks it's very important. You know, it's not as important as the the buildings or whatever. Yeah. But 
I remember like landscaping kept getting yes demolished at night yes. while workers couldn't see where they were going and he was just pissed. Like every morning he wakes up and everything's uh-huh. just trampled on, everything he plants. He's like there people planting things yeah. all night long and then or all day long and then it's trampled on at night. It's just Yeah. It's ridiculous. So it opens it they pull it off sort of. So it opens, but even the night before the World's Fair, they're trying to get it together. They have they hire so many people to come just like clean things up in the middle of the night before it opens. And the big thing they're trying to beat, or the big thing that they have to beat the Eiffel Tower is the Ferris wheel. So this is the first Ferris wheel. Oh, and I forgot about that. hearing them construct, this man just comes up with this idea. I'm going to have people ride a giant vertical wheel. And when you think about that, mm-hmm. if you've never seen one or seen how they're constructed now, the way they describe this first Ferris wheel and how they have to build it and they don't really know if it's going to work and they have to assemble it all on the ground and then like lift it up. And they say, if anything's off by like an inch, everyone's going to die who rides it. <laughs> oh, and this is for the world's fair. I mean, it's nuts. So the the. The fair's kind of half opened. It's still not done. For a minute, you think they're not even going to turn a profit. I, honestly, I mean, I was sort of rooting for it not to happen. I was like, I kind of want this to fall apart on all of you. You seem bad at your jobs. You seem very stressed. <laughs> People are, there's also kind of what's going on in the background of Chicago is there is a lot of um, workers' rights protests, pro-union, like people are unionizing and things like that. So you're kind of rooting for the working people. And then these men are just like, I have to hire 1,000 women to polish every th- the Ferris wheel the <laughs> night before. And you're like, I kind of want you to lose. But it kind of it kind of works out. Burnham gets it together enough to pay off the debts, turn a profit. And then the mayor of Chicago is assassinated two days before everything closes. I had completely forgot about that. He is, it's, they finally turn a profit. They're like, this is working out. And the mayor is assassinated. And instead of having a closing ceremony, they have to have a memorial service. <laughs> so Not laughing because I like people to die. I'm just laughing. But because irony. it's such a disaster. It's, I don't know. I don't actually don't know how people remember it. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I just the whole time I'm like flabbergasted that this yeah. is the way this goes down. But Yes, that's what's happening in the World's Fair. And then at the same time, there's H.H. Holmes. So H.H. Holmes in 1886 gets to Chicago and is trying to find work as a doctor or a pharmacist. He kind of sketchily acquires a pharmacy near the World's Fair and buys the lot across the street. And he starts to build this absolutely insane building. Asterisk, not a doctor, not a pharmacist. So he was in medical school, but I thought he wasn't a doctor. And now that I'm thinking about this, I'm not, I don't know which is right. But he was Uh in medical school at some point because he was stealing cadavers to commit insurance fraud. Okay. So he would steal cadavers (laughs) and then take out a life insurance policy on that dead person. Then hide, like, their body would then be discovered. He would put their body out. They'd be discovered, and he'd get the life insurance policy on them. And I think That's he was right. doing that in medical school. Okay. Right off the bat, this man's crazy. Lots of insurance fraud happening. Obviously, also stealing bodies, but <laughs> the point was insurance fraud. So he gets this insane – he starts building this crazy building. And I one thing I don't really understand how this happened is – 
it's almost it's a whole block. It's huge. Yeah. I looked up a picture of it just now and it's it looks normal I, from the outside. It does. It looks good. I always thought it looked it was supposed to look crazy. I because looked at the picture. He built too. it himself. From or well, he, he was hired. like he was hiring people to do it, but it was like pretty piecemealed. Yes, because he would have to fire crews once they caught on to what yeah, was happening. Like how freaking creepy this when this man's like, I'm going to put a gas chamber and yeah. a kiln in the basement. And he would try to have crews who would like mm-hmm. build pieces and parts of it. So no one knew the whole picture. Yeah. So the first floor of it's the pharmacy and shops. And then there's apartments with weird passageways, hallways, shoots to the basement, which, spoiler alert, not used for laundry. And then when the World's Fair is announced, he makes it into the World's Fair Hotel. That's when he adds the kiln. So he can dispose of people. And what's really crazy is on the verge, he's on the verge of being discovered. He flees Chicago. He's finally arrested in Philadelphia for insurance fraud. He is, this all falls apart because of insurance fraud. And then you get introduced to this detective who investigates his past illegal activity and uncovers all the murders across the Midwest and also in Toronto. So the way the book works is you're really hearing both of these stories at the same time and the chapters kind of switch back and forth and you it doesn't sound like it's gonna work but it works so well i i think it works so well i would love to hear what you think do you did you like the switching back and forth i know it's been a while no i i really love the book and i felt like from my ex not my experience, but my what my taste would be, I would really love the serial killer part. But I feel oh. like the most fascinating part of the yeah. book was the World's Fair. Like I kept mm-hmm. Googling, like, is this true? Mm-hmm. Did this happen? Was American capitalism so crazy? Freaking insane crazy. that we would like we would stamp this and say, Keep going. Everything's yeah. great. I had the same experience where I Read it because of H.H. Holmes Mm -hmm. and then found myself obsessed with World's Fairs. I would never read a book about the history of the World's Fair, ever. If if that was a book that was on the New York Times bestseller list, don't care. It was the element of the serial Mm -hmm. killer, like the true crime aspect that made made it interesting to me. And But as I was reading it, which is sad, Mm -hmm. but because it is – oh, it was so gruesome. And I don't think – Again, it's been such a long time, but they don't know how many. It was women only, right? Well, were there any men? Yeah, so let's get to that. So H.H. Holmes confessed to killing 27 people, but many of the victims were actually later found alive. So he confessed to killing people, and then they found those people alive. And so he took, right before he was hung, he, he took back his confessions on all but two people. Police suspected nine to ten victims. But some people were like hundreds because once you got into a crematorium situation, you don't really know how many people. So so some people estimated hundreds. Question is, do you think he was primarily – okay, this is where I get – I don't know what I think about what he was doing. Okay. Um, He could have just been stealing cadavers, right, and committing insurance fraud. And Mm because that's how he started. And we know he did that. But why do you need a giant murder castle? Yeah. Why do you, is that all necessary just for your insurance fraud? So that makes me think he really killed hundreds of people. Like is the motivation insurance fraud? 
Or is the motivation you're, you're a, a psycho? A psycho, sadistic, yeah. who needs a secret. But yeah. it, so in other books, this is another thing I was reading a little bit about is it was so hard to know what really happened. Now it's so hard to know what really happened because it was the era of yellow journalism and everything was really sensationalized. Yeah. So when you're going back to sources that we would consider, I don't know, primary sources, you know, something mm-hmm. we're like really close to yeah. the source, it was probably pretty sensationalized. Yeah. So when they say we found 50 burned bodies in the basement, we don't really know if that's true. And I did read, there's a couple other books about H.H. H. Holmes and one of them was saying that the secret chambers were actually just used to hide stolen furniture. He had secret rooms, but he was where he was hiding stolen things. This is a nonfiction book, but we don't actually know how much is true about H.H. H. Holmes. I'm also now thinking about, is stealing furniture lucrative? Like how heavy it is? Do you need to build, a, do you need <laughs> to build secret it. rooms for it? I mean, he definitely what do you murdered do people. stolen furniture that you hide away? And I'm torn because, yes, things can be sensationalized, Mm -hmm. but we know there are people who do horrendous, horrendous things. Yeah, that don't need to be The Dahmers and the Bundys of the world. Those people exist and existed back then, I'm sure. And so we're like, yes, of course he would have had a, Mm -hmm. especially when you can get away with it. And that's, I think, one of the interesting things about the – Kind of telling the story alongside the World's Fair is everything that's going on in Chicago. Yeah. And this guy can just run under the radar because it's so crazy in Chicago then. when So when he was building, I wonder if the juxtaposition of these two, an architect and the serial killer who's building his murder castle with this group that's working for the city to build the World's Fair. Like, is that what, is it the year that they're built that makes it a good story? Is it like the juxtaposition of two builders that make it a good story? You're watching both of them commit crimes. Like, they should not be, (laughs) they should not be building at the speed which they're building the World's Fair. And they should not be building a permitted structure the way H.H. Holmes is. No. I'm probably going to get a little deep. (laughs) (laughs) on this i may cut this out i also just came from seeing rage against machines i'm very intense right now i guess to me one thing i found interesting listening to it i listened to some of some of it today was this one architect who's like glorified right for building Mm. the world's fair when in reality he built it on the back like people died building this world's fair because they were treating people inhumanely the mm-hmm. way it destroyed the environment like there's a lot going on that was so awful but you're never gonna say that man's a psychotic murderer yeah and then true. you've got this man who is murdering people and is a psychotic murderer and it's kind of the difference between systemic things being acceptable yeah. and an individual crimes not being i acceptable. would assume just based on the length of time that um the world's fair it took for that to be built and the amount of people that we know H.H. Holmes could have killed, Mm -hmm. that more people died building the World's Fair. Yeah. And not in just – in reading this, it seems as though they knew they were pushing people beyond their Mm -hmm. brink. It's not like these are normal job accidents. So, yeah, that was one thing I found interesting too was just Mm -hmm. one reason I liked the two stories side by side is 
this sensational, this one guy killed all these people and we all eat it up. And then this other guy's probably remembered fondly, even though I don't My know. My said he not. was. No, he, oh, at least from what I remember talking about, at least the landscape architect was. He's like pretty famous. And I think it comes down to, would I still go to a World's Fair if I was? Maybe. <laughs> Probably. So I'm participating in that systemic So issue. I did look. I just checked. The last World's Fair was in 1984. Okay. It was in New Orleans, and it was not profitable. It was oh. kind of a financial failure. Um, so that was the last one. There was talks of rejuvenating the idea in Chicago again in 92, but it never came to fruition. Mm. Isn't the, the big gold sphere building in Knoxville, that's also from a World's Fair? You know, when you drive past Knoxville, there's that big, like, yes. sphere. That's a World's Fair, right? No, I just drove by Knoxville on Friday, and like, I that's saw World's that. Fair. There's so many things that there we was... know. Oh, my gosh. Of Okay, I'm going to jump to a fun fact about okay. World's Fair, even though we just got very serious, and I was like, I hate them because they yeah. are built on the backs of laborers. But one, so some fun facts about this World's Fair in particular. It was the Ferris, first time a Ferris wheel was used, invented, whatever. First time anyone had shredded wheat. It was uh, Ooh, yum. <laughs> it was at the World's Fair. Everyone hated it and called it shredded carpet or rugs or something like that, which I thought was very funny. The zipper was first revealed at this World's Fair, at the oh Chicago World's Fair. Oh, my gosh. You could also see a locomotive made of silk, a map of America made of pickles, and the Statue of Liberty <laughs> out of salt. It was also the first time someone saw an all-electric kitchen where it had all the electric appliances. So there is there is something interesting about both the ridiculousness. Do I want to see America made out of pickles? Yes, absolutely. That's what I love about a state fair or whatever is the ridiculous something made out of butter. Yes, like it's at the Minnesota Mm -hmm. State Fair. Mm -hmm. But then also these crazy inventions. What at the time would be crazy inventions, but things that we use every day. A zipper. So I looked up. It's called the Sun Sphere. It was in the 1982 World's Fair. So it was two years before the one that failed. And these are the other things that were revealed. At the Knoxville? At the Knoxville one, which Knoxville feels like such an odd city. I mean, I have never gotten off an exit at Knoxville. Maybe I should. Because at that World's Fair, they released touchscreen technology. Ever used it? (laughs) Pay at the pump. Stop. I would die if that didn't exist. The first two things, I would die. Like, what? Yeah. We skipped a gas station today because as we were passing, I was like, they don't have to pay at the pump. I'd rather run on empty for two more miles. <laughs> um, a cordless telephone mm-hmm. and cherry Coca-Cola. How fun. Okay. I'm really sad this doesn't exist anymore. I did. I also... I. Clearly, everyone, let us say, Rachel and I thought we were going into this book loving the H.H. not loving H.H. Holmes, but being interested yeah. in the H.H. Holmes story. And we are going to just keep talking about this World's Fair. Yeah, for the this World's Fair. <laughs> so I also was reading about World's Fairs and like, why don't they have them anymore? Why did they discuss bringing them back? There was apparently, I guess there was one in Germany where they said, we shouldn't do this. This is a bad for that is bad for the environment around mm-hmm. the city. It's bad for the city that we. So Chicago's economy tanked after the World's Fair because they had depended on this for so, like so many laborers had come in to work on the grounds or whatever. Yeah. Economy tanked afterward. It's sort of like the Olympics where they talk about yeah you, you 
have all these stadiums and that's what i was thinking like yeah. the olympics and so the cities that i've lived in have never been the olympics but the Republican National Convention, mm-hmm. and I've never been in a city that was courting the Democratic National Convention. But I lived in Tampa, and the city puts on this show. Yeah. It's it's funny. It's like a it's it's almost you comical. build all this stuff for it. Yeah, it's like oh, you want to come to how do you want to come to Florida during hurricane season? Right. Show me show me how you're going to win us over. And the fucking national Republican National Convention <laughs> said yes. Florida in August, Tampa in August. Oh my God. Sounds great. I want that. What to say about that? But then Nashville was also courting a convention, which we lost. And then recently, what was it? What did we just lose to Minnesota? Oh, I don't know. Was it the convention? Oh, we did. We did not go forward with the RNC. Yeah, and we I didn't. think Minnesota. Not uh, we just recently lost something else. Milwaukee got it to Milwaukee. Was it the RNC? But we've done. I mean, obviously Nashville does stuff all the time. We yeah. just the things Nashville typically does that are I don't like to go to, but mm-hmm. I understand like the CMAs or something. Yeah, along those lines. you do them every year. But we've had the draft here. Oh yeah, and they yeah. built up all that, that really stuff cool. for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so but, like. Courting those, it seems like you want your study to be chosen because it's really fun. And, yeah. But at the same time, it's just interesting to hear like. Yeah. It like it all kind of falls apart afterward. And then you have oh, all this. Oh, we got it. Now we have three years to build this fucking stadium. Yes. Like, with what money? Yes. Okay. So I want to, quick caveat, the last lucrative World's Fair, when I say lucrative, I'm going to say successful. That's how this website put it was in Knoxville. It was the profit was $57. No. Yes. Oh my god. Profitable gosh. in the terms of less than $100. And then they still decided to have it in New Orleans 2 years later. Wow. When they lost money and that so, they were like, eh, "So this good. what I was reading about was they tried to base it I'm going to get this so wrong, but they tried to say Oh, this should, instead of it being so frivolously capitalist and like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it should be about how can we solve the world's problems, which I did think was really interesting. Does and I, the world have problems? Do we have problems <laughs> to solve? So how could we solve like environmental problems and the things that the, the world is facing? Now, does that sound as joyously fun as a fake but life-size real Parthenon or the like Eiffel Tower. How of butter? Well, they didn't have the ca- – the butter is specifically the Minnesota State Fair they do that. Oh. They had a – Eiffel uh, Tower um, of Salt. A Statue of Liberty of Salt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a map of America made of pickles is the one I love the most. <laughs> no, but could you – you could still have some fun things in there and also sure. show like technology and new things that would solve our that would feel hopeful. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think you could bring it back. 1992 it was 20 years ago. I feel like we're in a different place yeah. with new problems to solve. Yeah, let's bring it back. But, but not... with the age of the internet, do you feel just those problems just they reveal themselves in their own special like the solutions? Yeah, the solutions I don't, don't need a I fair. I think of it like a science fair, but for grown-ups. So you withhold the solution until okay. the fair? Like, so they're just problematic. But yeah. can someone make me a map <laughs> Was of someone the holding out on touchscreen technology? <laughs> no, but I feel like it or pushes it along, right? You're like, okay, 
we have to come up with some creative solution or this new technology. We're on the verge of it. Let's push it mm-hmm. to get it out for the world's fair. Yeah. Doesn't it seem? Yeah. If I, God, walking into a gas station to pay for my gas makes me livid. Yeah. If they held on to that for more than one minute than they had to. If I walk into a gas station to pay for gas, though, I'm sure Gummy walking worms. out there with candy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not great. Fresh off a go. They road should, trip. Okay. Here's what I would bring to the world's fair. Okay. Pay yes. at the pump, but I can also click a little button that's like, bring me out gummy worms. Mm-hmm. And, it can be a, and a little bank shoot. Oh, a bank shoot. Brings you your gummy worms. I think I the would bank shoot was revealed take at a world's fair. all my money. Take uh-huh. all my money if someone will make pay at the pump plus gas station candy. Mm. And it's not, it's actually. Yeah. That benefits the gas station because they always want you to come inside. Oh, now I'm thinking about what I would get shot down the chute. I would. Oh. You said gummy worms? I guess you couldn't do like a hot dog or like <laughs> chili dog. <laughs> I know. Little. I just want candy. I'm yeah, like no, I would candy. get gummy worms. It's or like time. Mm, I'll love some worms. pork rinds at a gas station. <laughs> okay. That's disgusting. <laughs> All right, so your Alabama is showing. It's showing unashamedly. Okay, so this is something I wrote down as a talking point about the World's Fair. I'm just going to read it as I wrote it down. So men in this era were reminded me of rich rednecks who were just obsessed with themselves and constantly saying, hold my beer. That's what it felt like. Yeah. This man is. What were some of the ideas? I was trying to like think of, remember what those were. Do you, it was also the first time spray paint was used. At this World's Fair, and it was like they mixed lead and white pigment up and just sprayed it. All these people had lead poisoning, were smoking cigars all day and drinking scotch and just coming up with crazy ideas and hiring enough people to make it happen. No. It was so crazy. And then, do you remember in the book how they, so one of, you know, there's, at the World's Fair, there's countries represented from Mm -hmm. all over the world. Probably not very well because white men from the 1890s are in charge of representing foreign countries. They had all this stuff coming from, I think it was Algeria, and it showed up a year early. The ships with like all of the stuff, camels and like all these things from Algeria showed up a whole year early. They got the day right, but the year wrong. And all I could think of is these people are also so bad at their jobs. So bad. The project management skills are bottom of the barrel when what it comes happened? to this. I don't remember. Did they like just keep them on the ground? I can't remember entirely how it went down, but I remember being completely shocked that that was one of the problems they ran into was someone showing up a year early. So yeah, I just kept thinking, it just reminds me of a bunch of good old boys being like, I can top that, hold my beer. Do you know that the Memphis, you know that big ass pyramid? The pyramid that is now a Bass Pro Shop? Yes. This is exact. This proves your point. It, it does. To a T. Let's build like, a, wait, a mirrored pyramid in Memphis. All of the weird things in that you see around America might have been due to a World's Fair. The last, actually, the last thing. We've talked, we, we touched on it briefly, but that idea of yellow journalism, sensationalism in history, historical journalism mm-hmm. that we're looking back on, and how much it has, how much it influences what we think of today, but how nowadays I think we can still see it happening. Yeah, let's talk about it. Just how like all the sensationalism 
in journalism, how much you have to fact check things. Mm-hmm. And I, I see it. You know, I'm on TikTok getting news some of the time and you think, oh my gosh, is that true? And, and you send it. But the thing is, you send, send it to it. someone uh-huh. like, can you believe this happened before you look into it? And, and yeah. sometimes it's true. There's yeah. a kernel of truth to things, but it's just blown up and mm-hmm. sensationalized. And then easily shared. Yeah. Easily. easily we, nowadays it's, yeah. Nowadays it's. You can easily check things, mm-hmm. but you can share them easier. So whereas before, you could not share things as easily or fact check things as yeah. easily. But yeah. it was, yeah. I just, I kept thinking about that. This, you know, everything with H.H. Holmes where we don't really know what was going on because mm-hmm. everything was so sensationalized. I think my mom, or no, it wasn't my mom. God, I'm going to say the next name and you're going to think I'm such a freaking idiot obama (laughs) once said when he was president it's like america is living receiving two different sets of news like we're living in two different americas and my mom thought that was just blasphemous really i was like no like are the sources that you choose Mm -hmm. to hear what's going on in the u.s Maybe they're not blatantly false. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's worse than it being blatantly yeah. false because it's just tinged in a way that you perceive it differently. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying you. Like, I perceive it differently because the news sources that I read most fervently are tinged in a certain way. Mm-hmm. The biggest factor is knowing, I think, consuming media as long as you know that whatever you're consuming is probably skewed toward what you want it to be and can fact check. I just think fact checking is very important. That's all. Yeah. Just fact check your things. Because I think we are living in a time in America where this sensationalism or uh, disinformation is just at its peak. And it's not about a crazy murder guy. It's about really important issues. Yeah. Fact check. But I just thought about that too. Like we're still seeing it. It's just so, it looks so different nowadays. It's interesting seeing that from like a historical lens that we're reading this book that is a nonfiction book. Is is it really that it's categorized as nonfiction? It's nonfiction. Because it goes into like the mind of H.H. Holmes. Mm -hmm. Were there diaries that they found or Um, was it just like his testimony? Oh, it might've been from the trial. Oh, that's true. He was married and had a kid, right? He was right? married to three people. Okay. I was trying – I mean, I read this so long ago, but I was like, I remember a pretty drawn-out story of him moving to Chicago and moving to this neighborhood and mm-hmm. having oh. a wife. I, yeah. In a lot of the book – and again, this is part of it where you're like, that's not nonfiction because they're talking about – but it may have come from the trial. Uh he was married to three people simultaneously and you hear people who meet him and think, Ooh, I don't know. I just got bad vibes. And I kept thinking, man, girls trust your gut. I just, Mm -hmm. if your gut's off, it'll all work out. Okay. Yeah. If your gut is right, you, your friend could be marrying a serial killer. (laughs) Trust your gut. Tell your friends what you think. I think, yeah, I kept thinking about that too. Yeah. All these women who were like, hmm, no, something was just off. He seemed so nice, but something was off. If you think something's off, tell your friend. <laughs> the World's Fair Hotel. Like the that, World's The, the Fair fact Hotel. that he called it that just really bothered me. Mm-hmm. 
It's it why? Because it's too obvious. It's just I. I just. I don't know. Like when I go past a restaurant called like Stadium Bar and Grill, that's right next to the stadium downtown. I'm like, oh no, you're just capitalizing on your location. Oh, you're probably not good. You're probably just close. That makes sense. Random fact I learned from this book: there was no national anthem then. We didn't have a national anthem yet when the Chicago Girls were they because they kept talking about singing "My Country Tis of Thee" instead of because there was no anthem. That's what they considered the anthem. When was Francis? 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 Francis Scott Key? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know Maybe anything about that. I didn't prepare the that. national anthem until. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just remember thinking that's kind of crazy. Keep chatting. I will. So <laughs> there's been a lot of fact checking. Normally we don't use our phones when we're podcasting, mm-hmm. but because I haven't read this in so long, the. I'd love to do more digging into how profitable each World Fair was. Because I know that the Chicago one was profitable. But we just said that the Knoxville one in 1882 got $57 profit. The one in Nashville, way before that, in, hold on, 1897. So this was shortly after. How often did they do? Yeah, that would be right after Chicago. Yeah. It made $50. What? I think that's like now money. Yeah. That's crazy. It did not lose money, but the final accounting showed a direct profit of less than $50. Wow. Interesting. Okay, I do have two H.H. Holmes facts. You want to hear them? Because I love random facts. Yeah, let me hear. He requested that he be buried in concrete. So that he wasn't dug up and dissected. And it was granted. He was buried in a whole bunch of concrete. Because he didn't want to basically be treated like all the people he murdered. That feels un- unfair. Yes. Screw you if you someone dissects you. I don't care what you, you want. I don't care what you want. But they yeah. did it. Yeah. He was scared to be dug up and dissected. Sure Chicago had so much money after having the World's right. Fair. Well, his trial, I think, was in Philadelphia. He was caught in Philadelphia. Had him in there. Also, his murder castle was torn down. And do you know what's on it now? I do. A post office. A regular post office. Can you imagine getting your mail knowing? Do you think people, I bet people don't really know. I mean, this book was really popular. Actually, I bet they do because I bet there's ghost tours and stuff. I'm sure. And I bet there's a, and you think there's a sign? I don't know how they would like phrase that. I don't know. In the spot. I did read that there is like part of the basement of the post office looks older than all the rest. And they Mm. think it might be part of, like at least parts of it are the original basement. But they're not going to advertise that because people would try to probably break in and I'm sure breaking into post office is like a federal (laughs) event. But that, so, I'm sure that's the only thing that could be built back is yeah. public, like owned by the public entity. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's Devil in the White City. And I, let's get into, I I only cast two characters for this. And, but I have a fun, okay. So it's been picked up by Hulu. Okay. It is. Oh, we did. So quick, quick correction corner. There was, I think it was on Discovery Plus, there was a show in 2017 called The Murder Castle. Okay. It was not continued. It was just one season. Okay. I kind of want to watch it. I don't have Discovery Plus, though. I don't think. I don't think I do either. Was that even around then? Well, so what 
what I remember years ago, kind mm-hmm. of giving a resurgence to this book, it was said that Leonardo DiCaprio, I just remember hearing he's going to be H.H. H. Holmes or he's going to produce the show or whatever. Mm-hmm. So DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese are <gasps> going to produce a limited series on Hulu of the show. It's them? They, it, they're not acting. I mean, Leonardo right. DiCaprio is not cast in it, but yes. And this came out. Days ago, before we decided to do this on the podcast, and there has been one person cast that has been released. Do you want to know the person before I tell you who I have cast or after? After. I did not cast this person. Okay. After? Okay. After. So for, you're probably going to have to look some of these people up. Is it Zendaya? <laughs> no, it is not. So for H.H. H. Holmes, I've seen H.H. H. Holmes pictures so many times, I just picture H.H. H. Holmes. Mm-hmm. But... Rufus Sewell, I think is how you say his last name. Do you know who this is? This is someone that you I This is who I would cast as H.H. Holmes. It is also, this is who I have seen in fan casts as well. But I think could play a really good creepy person. Why don't I know his name? Is it Rufus Sewell? I think is how you say it. Yeah. Would be. He's in all of my favorite movies. So good. The Holiday, A Night's Tale. Yes. I think he could play. He could be charming and creepy. Uh-huh. Now I think you – great. Good job. Okay. They have not cast H.H. H. Holmes in this Hulu series. Okay. Daniel Burnham, the architect, is the other one that I looked into. Okay. Who I first envisioned was Russell Crowe. Oh. Have you looked up what Daniel Burnham actually looked like? No. Basically, like every man from that era, kind of Teddy Roosevelt. Big mustache. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. They, that's Russell Crowe. I saw a lot of people say David Harbour, aka Hopper from Stranger Things, which oh, he yeah. does. He could, he, yeah, he could yeah. definitely give those vibes. So Daniel Burnham is who has been cast. Okay, and they have cast drumroll Keanu Reeves. Stop it! Who doesn't do TV? <gasps> Keanu Reeves, probably because Scorsese and DiCaprio are producing. This. I love Keanu Reeves with my whole heart. I originally thought they had cast him as H.H. H. Holmes all day long. I Which thought they I had, thought he'd be great. He'll he'd be so good at that. No, I was like, I can't see him being. Oh, no, I can that. see him. I come on, you see him in a you want to like I him. I get it, but he is I such a delightful human. Oh, what's that movie? How Josh and I just watched. I don't know what H.H. H. Holmes looks like. I'm gonna Google him right now. Oh, oh. So Josh and I just, we love the movie Always Be My Maybe. Have you seen that? No. The rom-com? No. It is so good. Keanu Reeves is in it as himself and is so funny. He is so funny in this movie. I need you to go watch it tonight. But Keanu Reeves as Keanu Reeves in it is so good. He seems like a delightful human overall. And I can't, I don't like when people I like yeah. Are play a, it's like how we never want Harry Styles to play a bad guy. Yeah. So I got really <laughs> upset that he was H.H. Holmes, even though I understand it. But he's they've cast him as Daniel Burnham, the architect. So it's going to be – it's it's happening. But I think that's why I thought this only came out a few years ago. Because I think DiCaprio signed on or whatever as producer. Yeah. And it got kind of resurgence. That's when I heard mm-hmm. about it. And then my husband read it last year sometime. And was like, I really think you would be into this. And he kept bringing up random World's Fair facts. And yeah, he was right. I'm into it. Great book. I cannot wait. Do you know what's going to be out? I don't. I was, I just, um, it was when I was looking at fan casting that I found it out. I mean, all of this has happened in four hours. (laughs) 
No, now five because we've been podcasting for an hour. So I know very little, but we hope to watch it all with you yeah. uh, when it comes out. It'll so be exciting. a good one. I hope they really focus more on the World's Fair. than that. I like that they have cast, the casting has come out for Daniel Burnham and not H.H. H. Holmes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So cool. That's good. Well, next week, I think it's next week we're reading we're, we've already read mm-hmm. Razorblade Tears, but we're going to cover Razorblade Tears by S.A. Crosby. Yes. Crosby. Uh, next week, it is a story about two families and their sons have been tragically murdered and the two patriarchs of each respective mm-hmm. family try to find out who did it. Didn't Obama recently say it was one of his favorite books? He recently? sure did. And I was very excited about it. Yeah. You have the same book list. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I did. There were a bunch of books on his book list that we had mm-hmm. read or are on my to be read book list. But yeah. Yeah. Very exciting and super excited to cover it with you. Again, we have not talked about this book and I have yeah. so many things to say. So many things. So we All right. will talk about it next week yeah well we will see y'all next week for Razorblade tears thanks for joining us for devil in the white city see you later bye everyone